Hello, everyone. I was just a little too anxious to get started. So once again, welcome everyone to Grace and Peace, Heart to Heart. I'm your host, Zenobia Bailey. Today we are going to look at a chapter, or begin a chapter anyway, from Sharon's perspective. We are reading Aging with Grace, Flourishing in an Anti-Aging Culture, Written by Sharon W. Betters and Susan Hunt. Sharon begins. The, the chapter is entitled, Elizabeth. Maybe you're thinking, I understand the biblical principle of flourishing that was explained in our last chapter, but I don't see how it's possible for me to flourish when... I'm estranged from my children. I can't move past my grief. All my friends have moved or I'm alone and no one cares. I gave up on God giving me the desires of my heart a long time ago. It's too late for me. You are not alone, dear sister. You are not alone in feeling helpless. Growing in grace is impossible not just for you, but for all of us. Yet Jesus said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. God promises that when we are planted in his house, he will do the impossible. He will grow fruit that shows up in old people, fruit designed to not only transform our fearful hearts to peaceful, trusting hearts as we gave born age, but fruit that nourishes others as well. As we will see in the story of Elizabeth, sometimes we don't recognize the fruit of a life rooted in Jesus until confronted with the challenges of aging. The motif of a barren wife being fruitful runs throughout scripture, beginning with Sarah. Sarah who laughed at the idea of flourishing since she was past the age of childbearing. The Lord's question then is his question now to us. Is anything too hard for the Lord? When the angel announced the birth of Jesus, young Mary asked how it could be possible for a virgin to be fruitful and multiply. The angel answered with an explanation and an example. His explanation was, and the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. The example was, and behold, 
your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. The angel explained the gospel wonder of the Holy Spirit giving life and gave a flesh and blood example. He gave that to Elizabeth to show the power of the gospel to do the impossible in and through us. The gospel story written into Elizabeth's story can be true for us because the storyline is the same. The Spirit gives us a new heart. It is possible for us to flourish and be fruitful spiritually even in old age because God has spoken and he will do it. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Elizabeth and Zechariah lived in a time when spiritual darkness hung like a cloud over God's people. It had been about 400 years since God heard his voice, and many believed he had forgotten his promise. Israel turned away from God to a religion of works and self-righteousness. The political climate was chaotic under King Herod's terrifying reign. The Old Testament ends with the promise that the sun will rise when the light of the world, Messiah, comes and destroys the darkness. Elizabeth and Zechariah hoped in this promise. Both Elizabeth and Zechariah were descendants of Aaron, the original high priest chosen by God to represent the people before him and to butcher the lambs brought for sacrifice. Their parents' tenacious belief in God's promised redeemer showed up in the saints. Zariah means God members, and Elizabeth, which means oath of God, or my God has sworn. Both families passed on to their children their hope in the promises of God. Biblical hope is the rich soil of flourishing. But how do we live as we wait for hope to become reality? Elizabeth's life shows how hope and waiting intertwine. These words are often used interchangeably, depending on the English translation, as in Psalm 25.3, which reads, from the New International Version, it reads, No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. From the English Standard Version, it reads, Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. Hope and wait are often used in the same verse. And now, O Lord, what wait, my hope is in you. What does waiting and hope look like in daily life? They who wait or hope for the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The root meaning for weight in this passage is to bind together, perhaps by twisting. This is not a picture of a string tied around a bundle of newspapers, but rather strings that are intertwined. When a rope of many strands is used to pull a heavy load, the weight of the load stretches the strings, pulling them tighter together. The harder the job, the more tightly wound the strings become. Weight is an action word. Isaiah a sometimes exhausting journey means twisting ourselves around the Lord and binding ourselves to him. When we cling to him, a supernatural exchange slowly but surely happens. His strength becomes our strength. The harder the waiting, the more tightly wound we are to him. Elizabeth was probably familiar with this promise. Her life shows us the fruit of hopeful waiting. Instead of becoming weak spiritually as she aged, she soared like an eagle as she was increasingly satisfied with the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. We meet Elizabeth when she is an old woman. Luke reminds us three times she is old. She is an unlikely example of a woman aging with grace because she experienced a life of barrenness, yet she is called blameless. Barren refers to land incapable of producing vegetation. It means unproductive, infertile unfruitful, sterile, waste, desolate. It's the opposite of flourishing. So immediately we know that this is a story of the reversals accomplished by God's grace. As we ask Elizabeth how we can flourish even in old age, I imagine her twinkling eyes calling back to us, listen to my story and see how God taught me to die to self and twist myself around him by waiting in hope, even when he denied me the desire of my heart. Wow. So to continue, this section is called Blameless and Barren. Like many devout young Jewish girls, Elizabeth probably hoped God would choose her to bear the promised Messiah. She longed to be fruitful and multiply, but experienced the grief of barrenness and the gut-wrenching pain of judgment and gossip from her neighbors who believed childlessness was a curse from God, a punishment for some sin, and most likely the woman's fault. Now, mind you, people today probably still, far too many still, my view, but it's their view. It's not God's ladies. So any of you who 
may have suffered from uh, this kind of criticism know that this is not God. This is people and our judgments. She also bore the shame of not bearing a son to carry on the family name and the fear of not having a son to care for Zechariah and her in their old age. Did she ever cry to Zechariah as Rachel did to Jacob, give me children or I shall die? Think of some of the sorrow that might have passed when Elizabeth looked into Zechariah's hopeful eyes after months and silently shook her head no. Imagine the deep grief when menopause came and they knew they would never conceive. Consider Elizabeth's private struggle to understand her identity and role when she could not bear a son. But through it all, Richard tells us what determined their response to their pain and their disappointment. Their status was righteous before God. He declared them justified by his grace. And so for today, we will stop here. And I will pick it up again on our next reading, and we will discover further points of clarification for how Elizabeth precisely and her husband handled their disappointment. Thank you so much for listening, and take care.